0: New on Curiosity Street. Louis V. Mayer, Jack Warner, William Fox. Hollywood was the city of dreams, but the beginnings were a nightmare. You will never work in this town again! It's Titans, the rise of Hollywood. And Merapi, one of the world's most active volcanoes. Can we better predict its next deadly eruption? A new expedition hunts for life saving answers on exploring the volcano. Watch now on Curiosity Street. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to the New Hyde Show on education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Welcome to another week, guys. Um, we made it through last week, and... Today's topic will be service animals, um, seeing eye dogs, things like that. Um, Before we dig in today's topic, I want to remind you that this podcast is on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have any questions for me or have a particular topic that you'd like me to cover, please shoot me an email. It is Erica, H, that's Erica with a K, H, at newheightseducation.org. Or, alternately, I am on Zoom. Um, this is a live show, so if you'd like to talk to me on Zoom, please use our meeting ID of four six five one seven two eight eight two. So let's get started on today's topic. Today I'm speaking about service animals. Um, Most most frequently people are familiar with service animals as seeing eye dogs for the blind, although they can do so much more. Um, We'll get into some of the things they can do a little bit later on in the show. However, let's go ahead and, and get into what exactly a service animal is. So at this time, only dogs are recognized as official service animals um, by the ADA. Um, that's the American Disability Association. Um, although any animal can be considered an emotional support animal, And we'll get into that in a minute. But basically, it's an animal that provides aid and comfort to those with mental illness. Um, And like I said, we'll get into emotional support animals in a minute here. Um, The ADA also classifies therapy dogs—dogs that visit um, individuals in the hospital, like, or go to nursing homes, or go to a children's ward in a hospital. as service animals, uh, for this episode, I'll be fo- focusing primarily on service animals as defined by the ADA. Um, this, however, does not mean that emotional support animals aren't needed they're n- or that they're not important and that they don't provide a valuable service. All this means is that right now the ADA um, does not consider them official service animals. So because dogs are primarily recognized as service animals I'll be everything I'm referencing here is primarily about a dog. So what makes a dog a service dog? So the quote from the ADA is, Quote, service animals are defined as dogs that, an individually, that are individually trained to do work or perform tasks for people with disabilities. Um, examples of work that they consider, you know, uh, that a dog can do that would make it a service animal is um, guiding people who are blind, which we know, alerting people who are deaf, pulling a wheelchair, alerting and protecting a person who is having a seizure, Um, reminding a person with a mental illness to take prescribed medication, uh, calming a person with post-traumatic stress disorder during during an anxiety attack, or performing other duties. Service animals are working animals. They are not pets. And I have a link to that in the show notes if you'd like to read, read further. So, however, this definition does not affect the animal services de- service definitions put in place by individual states or the Fair Housing Act. So, for example, if you are disabled and need home, that need a home, they can't refuse you because you have a service animal. Um, likewise, some states within you know the United States have laws in that If you bring an animal in, such as like a cat or a bird and have documentation that it's an emotional support animal, um, they will also allow that as well. But again, that goes by state by state. So if you're going to bring an animal into your home and um, you're going to claim it as an emotional support animal, I would check with your state laws on that. Um, This if you're bringing a service animal, sometimes the disabled folks will be considered for apartments that you normally wouldn't be considered for. Um, say, a per, uh, there are no dogs allowed, usually. But if you're a disabled person and they um, want to rent you an apartment, then, you know, they would obviously have to accept your guide dog, for example. Um As mentioned, something like a seeing-eye dog is considered a service animal because it is trained to uh, perform a specific task. Um, It's, you know, trained specifically to act as a guide for the blind when navigating spaces. Um, And it gives the blind person a level of independence they may not otherwise have. The difference there between a service animal and an emotional support animal is the that an emotional support animal does not need to be trained to perform a task. The um, emotional support animal, whether it be a cat, dog, whatever, is, is providing support just by being there. Not necessarily that they have to be trained for a specific task. So under the ADA, uh, state and local governments, um, as well as businesses and other facilities, must allow a service dog in any area which the public frequents. Um, An example, hospitals must allow service service dogs in the lobby, patient rooms, clinics, or cafeterias. Um, However, they are not allowed in places such as operating rooms, or any other place where an animal's presence would compromise the sterile environment. So probably something like the ICU, they would not let a dog in. Um, but anywhere you'd see a visitor, for example, um, like in the lobby in the cafeteria, probably in the gift shop, um, in the patient's room, um, you might see a service dog, um, So that's what makes the difference there. So I'm going to stop here for a quick break. Um, So NHEG can tell you about some of the great programs we have going on in February.
0: Here are your announcements for the month of February 2021. Happy birthday to the following people. Alexander Oliveira, Pamela Clark on February 2nd, Ashley Scott on February 3rd. Brendan Kelly and Dylan Schnurr on February 6th. Desiree Clark and Brianna Densher on February 10th. Krista Cheryl Sundana on February 12th. Charlotte Bicardo on February 20th. Mac Clark and Megna Kiliparthy on February 24th. Ryan Wright Harrigan on February 25th, Pranav Ghiridar on February 26th and happy anniversary to Priya Kidharnath on February 27th. There's a lot of exciting things happening here at NHEG, including a new partnership with Chamber Theatre Productions. They offer a unique virtual education experience. Right now, they're featuring Edgar Allan Poe in the Midnight Collection. You can visit our website and our learning annex at school.newheightseducation.org, and click on Discounted and Free Online Courses to find the Performing Arts section for updates on what they're offering. Or you can visit school.chambertheater.com and enter HS5 at checkout for 5% off. We're also offering two new virtual reading programs. One of which includes stories from second and seven, their Hog Molly stories, which are read to students by a student athlete and are for second graders to enjoy. You can visit newheightseducation.org, click on programs and the, the reading the virtual reading program to sign up for this opportunity. This is a free opportunity. We also have another free reading time with Rashawn. Rashawn is a five-year-old that enjoys reading to students and will be reading a new story every Friday at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. You can visit that same page to sign up for both reading programs. We have a lot of exciting new things ca- coming for the month of February and beyond. So stay tuned. Check out our blog and other social media sites to be kept up to date on some exciting new announcements that are coming very soon. Have a great month.
1: Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Today's topic is service animals, specifically service dogs, as that's what the ADA um, it qualifies as a service animal. Right now, it's only considered to be dogs. Um, no other animal can be considered officially a service animal um, as far as the United States is concerned. So what are the qualities you look for when you're looking at training a possible service dog? Um, so there are many different breeds that can be trained as service dogs. Some of the more well-known seeing eye dogs, for example, are German Shepherds, Golden Retrievers, and Labs. Um, just so you know, I ride the bus and I saw this absolutely gorgeous Golden Retriever who was a seeing eye eye dog for an individual on on the bus and um, I talked to her a little bit about it Um, but of course I did not pet the animal that's that's the other that's one of the things you know that you need to watch out for do not pet a seeing eye dog or other service animal if you see them Um, they are working they are working animals so yeah it's not a good idea to just walk up and pet them Um, so even though, you know, I mentioned those breeds in particular, that they are good for seeing, you know, as a seeing eye dog, um, this does not mean that other breeds cannot serve as seeing eye dogs, just that these breeds particularly are suited to it. Um, generally a dog is chosen based on the functions of a disabled person that they need assistance with. Um, For example, a Great Dane or St. Bernard would be excellent for pulling a wheelchair or other conveyance, which is interesting. I've never actually seen that, but I suppose that would be a great idea. Um, A toy poodle's nose is sensitive enough to detect blood sugar changes in a diabetic individual, which again, I did not know this, but um, apparently they can sense you know, when somebody's sugars are too high. Um, Whichever dog is chosen, all of them have a few things in common. They are task-focused, alert, and responsive to their owners and handlers. And that's important. And they also cannot be distractible. Um, They have to be incredibly focused animals in order to do this job. Um, So... Here's another thing I see come up. So do service dogs always wear vests? No. Um, The ADA does not require a service dog to wear a special vest or tags. Um, So a dog wearing a vest may or may not be a service dog as defined by the ADA. Uh, Many people choose to use vests for the emotional support animals, like I said. So your emotional support animal, you may see someone like in a store with a dog having that has a vest dog, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are considered a service dog, according to the EDA, officially speaking, but they may be an emotional support animal. Um, so again, I would not just walk up and pet those animals. I would ask the owner first if you can, if it's a thing that you can do. Um, so here's another note about the emotional support animals. Um, It can get confusing when a person is trying to determine the differences between what is categorized as a service dog and an emotional support dog. Um, The distinction, according to the ADA, as I mentioned, is a service dog is specifically trained to assist a disabled person with tasks. An emotional support dog provides comfort and solace just by, by being it by being a dog and being present. Uh, it doesn't need any special training. Uh, people with mental illness can not have either. A veteran may have a dog especially trained to detect and assist with their owner's PTSD, as I mentioned, uh, while another dog may be untrained but be a comfort to his owner in times of stress or anxiety. Um, the difference, according to the ADA, lies in the training the dog receives. So we just talked about that. So emotional service animals are not allowed into public places as per the ADA. Um, However, many states have broader laws that may include the emotional service animal. Um, Again, check with your state. That's very, very important before you decide to uh, get any of these um, animals for this purpose. Um, Make sure you know the laws and the policies People with emotional support animals may be eligible for housing they normally would not be if they had a pet. Again, um, same as service animals. Um, if that's Again, that is determined by the state rules. It's determined by the individual housing rules. So again, I would check with that. Um Similarly, a person may be allowed to bring their emotional support dog on a a plane with them. Um, But as you can see, rules for emotional support animals can vary widely and change at any time. So keep that in mind as well. Therapy dogs, again, are used to bring cheer and affection to those people in hospital, long-term care, or after a disaster, uh, um, like a natural disaster, like a hurricane or a fire, which I did not know. That's very interesting. Um, And they can be used in other situations as well. A therapy dog will often wear a vest or tags when, quote, unquote, working. Um, Therapy dogs are not considered service animals by the ADA, um, but they sure are helpful. I've seen um, many service animals cheer up, you know, kids and kids and after surgery. It's it's really fantastic. So we're going to take a short break to hear from Silicon Silicon Valley High School. And after that break, we'll talk about how you find a service animal, and what you look for in one. Again, meet me on the other side of the break.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School.
1: Welcome back to the New Heights show on education and our show on service animals. So I went through some of the rules and regulations as far as a service dog, you know, getting a service dog and what they need to follow and some qualities of a service animal that you need to look for, um, if you want to train an animal to be a service animal, um, I'm going to go a little bit further into that and tell you what a trainer looks for in a service possible service animal. So there are many places throughout the country that specialize in breeding and training service dogs. Uh, both nonprofit and for-profit pro, for businesses train service dogs. Um, these businesses have a very high standards for a service dog, uh, extremely high, and we'll talk a little bit about that. A little bit later here um, roughly 70 to uh roughly 50 to 70 percent of dogs don't make the final cut to be a service dog um however don't you know don't worry about this dog it you know these dogs they're they are kept you know very well um when this happens the dogs are adopted by individuals who have applied to care for and own a quote-unquote failed service dog. Of course, these dogs haven't failed at anything. Um, they're still wonderful pets, and I'd you know, consider getting in touch with some of these organizations that train service dogs and see if you can get on a list to adopt one, if that's something you're looking into. <clears throat> they have a lot of love to get to, give to the right family, so do consider that um a few things to look out for if you are looking for a service dog candidate Um, the service dog must be um, it must be calm especially in unfamiliar settings this is kind of a you know an obvious one um but it is very important um dogs that are excitable that are easily distracted um that like for example will bark at a car aren't really good as service animals only because they get drawn off task quite a bit. Um, a service dog must be alert, but not reactive, which means that they have to be watching for like obstacles in someone's path. They have to be watching their surroundings, or watching their surroundings, but again, not reactive. If they see a car or if they see another person, they don't react to that other person. Um, again, they're completely focused on their owner, their person, and the job they are doing. Um, have a willingness to please. Again, that ties into um, focusing on the individual. They are trained to excuse me, trained to assist. Um, and kind of zeroing in on them. And you have to have a dog that really wants to please their owner. Therefore, they will do the best job that they can do. Be able to learn and retain information. Um, Again, another obvious one, but it is really important that the dog is able to learn what the owner needs and be able to be trained in a way that, you know, the owner needs the dog to be trained. the dog must be capable of being socialized to many different situations and environment um, environments. This is a dog that has to be comfortable everywhere and usually with everyone um, because you're going to see a lot of people moving around you in daily life. And if you have a dog that is skittish or doesn't like other people or is nervous around other people, then they won't be able to do their job. Going back to the lady that had the golden retriever service dog, on the bus, um, that dog was completely calm, just stayed by her side comp- you know, all the time and just lay there peacefully until um, you know she needed his services. Again, there were tons of people on the bus, um, a lot of noise, um, a lot of movement, and the dog was completely calm. So that's the type of dog you're looking for. Um, and be reliable in forming, performing repetitive tasks. I mean, that's that's what they're there for. They're there to guide you through um, a busy intersection or get things for you, um, alert you if you know certain changes indicate a seizure, for example. If they can't do that consistently, they're probably not great as a service dog. Um, but again, they may be a great pet. So fake service dogs. Yes, this happens, unfortunately. Um, And this is another thing that people need to look out for. Um, Unfortunately, there are those who use the leniency in some state laws to claim that their animal is a service animal when it is not. It confuses the public when people do this, and harms the reputation of actual service dog users. Um, in order to certify a dog's credentials, um, the service dog for, for provider, for, the service dog providers for military veterans created um, a certifying class system called CG, uh, CGC Plus, It's a minimum standard for the training of service dogs. Um, Additionally, the state and local government continues to pass laws which make it a crime to misrepresent a dog as a service dog when the dog is not one uh, and is not trained to be such. I have a link to the... um, Service Dog Providers for Military Veterans site, and you can take a look at their certification qualifications to see what kinds of things uh, a dog has to um, achieve before they can be considered a service dog. Um, Okay, we're going to take a uh, break for a short um, ad from NAGG. And after that, we'll close up the show. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights Show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store at new-heights-educational-group.myshopify.com. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. Uh, we have been discussing service animals, specifically service dogs. Um, If you have any more questions regarding service animals, I encourage you to reach out to your state government uh, to see what your options are as far as what's legal and what's not. I also have a few links in the show notes if you'd like to peruse those. Um, The American Kennel Club has a great um, section on service animals if you'd like to check that out. Um, Otherwise... I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back with you uh, next week with another topic. Um, again, check out NHEG. In in we have a lot of great um, information on our website. Uh, the website is newheightseducation.org. Check that out. We have lots of great classes, um, <clears throat> especially to kind of boost the... Um, the education of your students, um, in this, you know, in the in the pandemic times where we're all kind of stuck at home, so check it out. Um, if you want to contact me again, my email address is erica h, erica with a k h at newheightseducation dot org. Have a great week, guys! I'll see you soon.
0: Curiosity Stream. This bear's walking right at me. We'll see if he wants trouble or not. Follow filmmaker Casey Anderson as he gets an unprecedented face to face look at Alaska's fiercest carnivores on the tracker's diary Bears of Katmai. Plus, why is a tiny island in the Pacific one of America's most crucial outposts? Discover the truth behind this mysterious trans Pacific stopover on Extremity's Wake Island. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.